Today is Friday, September the 30th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down everything that happened last night at Williams-Brice Stadium as the Gamecocks pick up a big 50-10 to 10 win over the South Carolina State Bulldogs. Guys, I'll give you guys my full thoughts, my full breakdown. Also, my biggest takeaway from the game, we'll hand out some TSUS Game Balls Talk Slap Dig of the Night, and I'll hand out the weekly Cock Commander MVP Award as well. Also, your listener questions, your voicemails. We have got a packed show for you here on this Friday. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Red Fox Roofing. Guys, Red Fox Roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the Carolinas. They're proud South Carolina Gamecock fans servicing the local Columbia, Charleston, and most of the surrounding areas. They offer free inspections for storm damage, free same-day estimates for full roof replacements, and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. That's why they use Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle manufacturer in the market who's partnered with 3M and has a Scotch Guard protection on their shingles. They offer a lifetime algae-resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. And when it comes to the best possible pricing, they've got you covered there as well. Red Fox Roofing is willing to beat any written estimate and allows financial Financing as well. They service every home as if it was theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart. Guys, simply put, they always leave it better than they found it. Give them a call today, 843-364-3023. That's 843-364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing, or if you have any questions, go to their website at redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Don't mind me. Just enjoying another 50 burger, courtesy of Gamecocks football. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Friday. TGIF, hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always, and we have got a lot to get into and a lot to dissect here on this Friday. Very excited to chat with each and every single one of you, and I hope this show does find you. I don't know where you are, what you're doing. I hope you're having a fantastic start to your weekend. And first things first, by the way, guys, prayers to those affected by Hurricane Ian, and make sure to check in on your neighbors, especially those on the coast in the state of South Carolina, from Charleston to Myrtle Beach to everywhere in between. Just make sure everybody's doing okay. I was also able to talk with Stephen Garcia, the Roach King, down there in Tampa. He said he's doing well. But again, I know many of you out there are dealing with weather across the state of South Carolina. So just be sure to be safe this weekend. And again, check on your neighbor and make sure they're doing okay too. But it was a great night for football last night at Williams-Brice Stadium. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get right into it. A very, very big game and a very big win last night. Gamecocks get the W over South Carolina. On a state 50 to 10. And guys, as I sit here in the wee hours of the morning after driving back from Columbia and what was a fantastic game day, by the way, guys, I'll say this. Thank y'all so much. Those who swung by the tailgate, who came out to see Wells, I know obviously it was a lighter crowd than normal because of uh, the game being affected by the hurricane and being moved up in the week. And, you know, it was so funny, guys, yesterday I got to see Wells around 245 or three o'clock or so. And literally, the parking lot was empty. I mean, I was the very first person there. And I was thinking to myself, man, did I just drive down to Columbia for nothing? Like, <laughs> maybe nobody's going to come out. Maybe nobody's going to show up. But again, I want to say thank you to those that did. I uh, was able to move some merchandise and talk with you guys and talk Gamecocks and ran into a lot of supporters and fans of the show and of the business. Saw people rocking the merchandise as well. Shout out my guy, Connor McComish, for yet again getting on the Jumbotron at williams Bryce Stadium, holding up the Beamer Wall towel. Absolutely love you, Connor. Um, really, really great stuff, man. So you had another successful game day in Columbia, and it was awesome running into so many of you. But again, as I sit here in the wee hours of the night, guys, and, and it's funny, I'll normally say this and I'll go on a rant and ramble for 20 minutes anyways, but I'm really going to try to keep these thoughts on this South Carolina State game condensed or as condensed as possible. Because when it comes to these games, and as we look back now, of course, here on this Friday, and we've wrapped up the quote-unquote cupcake portion of the schedule, right? The games against Charlotte and SC State. And you look at this SC State game specifically, right? And, and let's look at the numbers, okay? Let's look at the numbers. Because you look at the team statistics, Gamecocks with, let's see, 404 total yards of offense, South Carolina State with 220 yards of offense, uh, 145 net yards rushing for the Bulldogs, 185 net yards rushing for the Gamecocks, SC State averaging just 3.6 yards per carry, Gamecocks at 6 yards per Per carry, you look at the passing game and you felt like this is where you had a major advantage coming in the game. South Carolina State has struggled to throw the ball all year long, and that was the case yet again last night. Just 75 yards rushing for Buddy Pugh's squad in South Carolina with 219 yards through the air. 
Overall, it felt like, guys, it was a very ho-hum type of performance. Again, when you play a team like South going to stay, a game where you're literally a 39-and-a-half-point favorite, which, by the way, good teams win, great teams cover. And South Carolina found a way to cover in this game. But it felt like a very ho-hum, workmanlike, take-care-of-your-business type of night at Williams-Brice Stadium. You know, it felt like a team that was on short rest, you know, coming into a short week, a Thursday night game. Um, It was a little bit sloppy at times, but South Carolina obviously established themselves very, very early on as the dominant force in this football game. And you start defensively. Um, you, you talk about the secondary limiting the passing game, and overall, I thought it was a, an attacking defense, obviously forcing a couple of turnovers. You had the Sherrod Green interception, the Bam Martin Scott interception, uh, Stone Blanton with a great play, by the way, on that Martin Scott interception. Um, I, you know, I think there's still obviously way too many pass interference calls, and I don't really understand why that's happening at the frequency in which it's happening. Also, you had the Marcellus Dial interception as well, which I think that was called back. If I'm recalling correctly, that was recalled back because of no, actually, excuse me, Marcellus Dials was not. There was another interception that was called back. Marcellus Dial did indeed have that pick, the ball that was overthrown to Jaquan Davis on the sideline. He goes down there and picks it off. Um, so you know, overall, a really, really good night from your defense and, and what you'd expect, right? Playing uh the South Carolina State Bulldogs, a team that you're so much more bigger, you're more physical, you're faster, you're just more talented. Everything that makes a good football player, you are more of that when you're taking on a team like SC States. Overall, felt very ho-hum, felt very business-like on the defensive side and on the offensive side, right? I feel like that's really where our focus is, and that's where we had all eyes on. We want to see more. And and listen, guys, when you talk the offense and you talk the play calling. I will sit here and and be totally transparent and honest with you all. I don't know that they could have thrown enough downfield passes and taken enough downfield shots to satisfy my appetite for it, right? Because I feel like we've been so starved of it outside of a couple pockets here and there. We've been so starved of it that was like, man, I'd just love to see us go deep or go down the field every single play. I think I'm officially ready to nickname Marcus Satterfield Swing Pass Sat. I mean, that's truly what he is at this point. Swing Pass Sat. And I think last night really goes to show you guys again that, you know, this is nothing new for many of you, but Marcus Satterfield is who he is. And the Swing Pass is going to continue to be a very big part of this offense. Now, Let me give credit where credit is due, okay? Because this was not like the Charlotte game, and South Carolina did not just dink and dunk it the entire night. While they did that a lot of the time, and again, we're still throwing far too many swing passes, in my opinion. We're at minimum throwing far more than I would like to see on a week-in, week-out basis. With that being said, I do want to give credit because they did take their downfield shots and they did throw the football and push the football down the field on multiple occasions. You think of early on, um, you know, the first part of the game, the ball to Xavier Leggett down the field. And guys, I know that ball was underthrown, but it's got to be caught. And Leggett himself would tell you that. You think of the play action pass late in the game to Jaheim Bell, the 30-yard gain that guys, I'm still thinking about that play as we sit here. That is a play. We need to see more of that, right? 
We need to see more of Jaheim Bell. I mean, he's a guy we need to be force-feeding the football. You think down the field to Jalen Brooks, a guy that's really established himself as one of your top receivers, one of your top playmakers on the outside. Um, you think of the over the middle to Austin Stogner on the touchdown, pushing down the field. You think of a couple pa uh, passes on the outside to Antoine Wells, where they got him on the curl a couple of times. So I, I did think they made it more of a point of emphasis, which I don't think is all that hard because we haven't really gone deep and taken shots at all. I did feel like you saw us take a couple of shots down the field, but certainly that's something we'd like to see more of moving forward. But on the offensive side, I tell you, if you just look at the numbers, right, if you're a critic, especially if you're a hater, and you're somebody who wants to nitpick Spencer Rattler's game, you're going to look at his statistics and his stat line and say, wow, he threw two interceptions against SC State. What a bust he is. He's terrible. I knew he sucked. But then you go back and you watch the game and what happened. And those two interceptions, it's so unfortunate that they go on his stat line. And I'm not trying to beat up guys on Xavier Leggett, but he is the man that dropped both the passes that were ended up being intercepted. The first one, again, it's not a perfect throw, right? It's underthrown. But it's a ball that literally hits Xavier Leggett in the hands. It's a ball that hits him in the chest, and it's bobbled up and then intercepted, right? So while the throw could have been better, that's got to be caught. Obviously, the second one, I don't think I have to explain at all. I mean, a ball that goes right off your hands. It wasn't thrown behind him. It wasn't thrown too hard. It wasn't thrown high. It wasn't thrown low. Simply off the hands, and it's intercepted. You take those two passes away, which, again, were not his fault, and Spencer Rattler very quietly had a very quality night, 21 of 27, 212 yards. He had the two touchdowns, one to Marshawn Lloyd and one to Austin Stogner, which was a thing of beauty. And again, I'm hoping we see a lot more of that moving forward. And then also on the ground, guys, I thought he showed composure. You know, five carries for 31 yards. He had the one rushing touchdown to play where, you know, I thought he could have forced it if he really wanted to, but saw the defense, saw it where they were giving him. And I think he made a really smart, heady decision to take the football into the end zone. In the running game, guys, Marshawn Lloyd, I think, needs to be the focal point of this offense. You know, Marshawn Lloyd looks like the guy that I expect him to be, and we I think we all expected him to be before the injury hit him. And it's, again, great to see that he's finally back. He's finally healthy. It really just goes to show you how unhealthy he was last year and how not 100% he was last year. But he looks everything of the part, guys. He, he, he looks just agile, fast, quick. Um, I, I think he's a player that we absolutely have to lean on. And you talk about, you know, Shane Beamer's had a tendency to say, well, you know, this week this guy had this many touches and and this week this guy could get this many touches. Marshawn Lloyd is a guy, I, I don't want to hear any excuses. He needs to touch the football. I mean, he needs to touch it every single week. Every week, Marshawn Lloyd needs to be a focal point of this offense. Outside of that, guys, as a whole, uh, again, I'm not going to nitpick a ton, and I'm not going to dive and dissect into anything much deeper than I have because of this. You know, I, I nitpicked a lot after the Charlotte game, and I, and I was critical in some areas, gave credit in some areas. But this cupcake portion of the schedule, quote-unquote, and again, it mean, I mean no disrespect to SC State and Charlotte, but just keeping it a buck, right? The cupcake portion part of the schedule, the last 
tune-up games, if you will, before you get back into SEC play and shit gets real. I don't think we're really going to know how much these games helped, if they helped at all, until we play next weekend in Lexington against the Kentucky Wildcats, right? Because you hear post-game last night, you know, coming from, from Spencer Rattler and Marshawn Lloyd and Shane Beamer about, you know, this team responded the right way and how close they are. And, and listen, that's all great, and I'm glad to hear it. But, again, the level of competition in which you were playing was inferior. And you're not going to draw any conclusions. It's not all of a sudden the 10-win the season's back on because you scored 50 burgers in back-to-back weeks uh, against Charlotte and SC State, which, by the way, here's a crazy stat for you. This is the first time that South Carolina has scored 50-plus points in back-to-back weeks since 1995. And in that season, they did it three straight weeks. So who wouldn't love to see us drop 50 on the Kentucky Wildcats? Either way, though, you're not going to draw hard conclusions, and I'm repeating myself because I know I said this in the post game last night, but you're just not going to draw hard conclusions. And, uh, you know, you, I feel like, you know, I, I posed this question in the Big Cock Club Discord, and I'll, I'll pose it here uh, on these airwaves, and it's probably something I'll bring back up on the Daily Crow and on social media today as well. But after these two games, right, you go back into SEC play next weekend in Lexington against the Kentucky Wildcats. And we'll see what Kentucky does tomorrow against Ole Miss. I think we all believe they're overrated, but still Kentucky is a team of the last decade that has had your number and they are a quality football team under Mark Stoops. After these two cupcakes, do you feel better, worse, or the same about the prospects of this football team, this football season, and specifically that game in Lexington. And honestly, guys, I sit here, I, you know, I, I don't know that I feel that much better. I, I think I feel about the same. You know, we took care of business about how I expected us to, even after losing the way you lost to Georgia and, you know, just such a tough start of the season. You played two inferior opponents, bottom line. And I know that Spencer Rattler referenced and Marshawn Lloyd referenced, you know, they really simplified things down and less is more. And I totally get that. And again, guys, I just don't know that we're really going to be able to tell, was it beneficial? You know, has it been a two weeks where this team has really come together and found themselves and they found a, a sort of chemistry that, you know, because again, this season, as I mentioned earlier in the week, it was never about, and it, it shouldn't be about beating Charlotte or beating South Carolina State. It's about beating the Kentuckys. It's about beating the Tennessees, beating the Floridas, the A&Ms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all these good feelings and all these good vibes you have, you know, I, I think for this football team, you know, I'd imagine, especially offensively, they're in a spot where they do feel confident, right? You drop 50-plus points in back-to-back -back weeks, and you would think the defense would be confident. I mean, I think overall you did, I will say, accomplish from a team standpoint – what you wanted to accomplish, which is that your football team will go into Kentucky next weekend with about as much confidence as you could ask them to have. And and they'll have extra prep for the game in Lexington. So I know we'll spend all week next week talking about that Kentucky game, but there really will be no excuse, excuse, excuse me for this group not to play their best football. So again, all in all, um, you know, I thought the energy could have been a little bit better, but again, guys, a Thursday night, you had like, 
you know, I know the announced attendance was 61 or 62,000. I'm not trying to get into an argument about it, about it, but I ain't buying it, man. <laughs> Listen, I ain't buying what you're selling in regards to butts and the seats. It, it was just kind of a weird vibe, right? Because game days bumped up and and it was and it was South Carolina State. And it almost felt like, guys, and again, I don't mean this is disrespect to the Bulldogs, but the energy in the stadium, it felt like the spring game. I mean, it really felt like a glorified scrimmage in the stadium. So again, by all accounts, or you know, for, for t- when you take everything into consideration, overall, a solid night for the Gamecocks. And you drop a fifty burger. You're dominant defensively. I think you were able to work on some things offensively, um, and your talent shined. Bottom line, your talent shined. You knew you had the better players, and that was very, very evident on the field last night. Again. Will these games have some long-lasting impact? Will we look back and say, you know, that two-week stretch against Charlotte and SC State, and I talked about how important they were going to be, right? But, you know, will we look back and say, man, those two games against Charlotte and SC State, that was the turning point. You know, that's where our team really found themselves and found its confidence and, and hit their stride and established their identity, and that's where the DNA was found. We're not going to know that till next weekend, right? Because you don't want to be sitting here drawing those type of conclusions and making those proclamations. And the next weekend, the Gamecocks go back to what they were in SEC play. And then you've got egg on your face. And I also don't think it's fair to just completely write off and say, oh, those games just shouldn't even counted. They shouldn't have played them. They don't matter. I mean, that's not unfair either. You know, I know it's not popular, but exerting some patience and being in somewhat of wait and see mode, like, Let's just see how much these games really help. But all in all, uh, I think a positive night for the Gamecocks. I'm, I'm looking as well. I don't think – well, excuse me, what am I talking about? I was going to say, I don't think you turned the football over, but you definitely did. You had the two interceptions. Um, outside of that, though, I don't think – let's see. You actually did lose a fumble. I'm trying to recall, when did you lose a fumble? Who fumbled the ball? Somebody fumbled it. And I, I cannot – you actually had three fumbles. I know Spencer Rattler had one of his own that he recovered. I don't recall when you fumbled, though, and they recovered. I don't know. Somebody fill me in on that. Either way, either way, I have to go back and watch the game. Um, but overall, again, a successful night, guys. Um, you know, very business, business-like, very workmanlike. You get the job done. You drop the 50 points, and now you go into the weekend, and it's a huge, huge weekend for South Carolina to be able to rest up, get their guys healthy, get all your pieces back and ready to go because we all – Know what looms next week and next weekend. Guys, let's dive into my biggest takeaway from the game last night. And my biggest takeaway from the game is this. Jalen Brooks has established himself as a dude on the outside. And I will say this. I will tip my freaking cap to Jalen Brooks. Because, guys, I don't have to go through it. The history of your yours truly and Jalen Brooks and what I said when when he signed. And I, I've gone back and said, by the way, that it really wasn't meant as a direct slight at Jalen Brooks. I was more so just pissed off at Muschamp at that time. And, and you know, that's something I would probably never do now, but I was so irritated with the Will Muschamp era. And, and uh, so, unfortunately, Jalen Brooks was the guy that felt the wrath. But I'll tell you this, ever since his departure from the team last year, and him coming back, you know, I, I thought, hey, this guy's missed so much football. He missed spring ball. There's just no way he's going to contribute. He's fallen behind. I don't know what happened. Justin Stepp doing wonders with the kid. He's made strides. And I'm not sitting here telling you he's going to be some All-American. He's an all-conference guy. But I think it's 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 safe to say that Jalen Brooks is a dude 
And he's established himself, you know, as the 1A, 1B wide receiver with Antoine Wells. I mean, truly, I look at Jalen Brooks as what Josh Van was last year. That's what Jalen Brooks is this year. I mean, he's sort of filled in that role, and he's really become a dependable dude for you and somebody that, again, you look at guys that need to touch the football on a weekly basis. I mean, Jalen Brooks is one of those guys, no doubt. Jalen Brooks is undoubtedly one of those guys and somebody I think that uh, could make some very, very big plays for you down the stretch. Guys, let's hand out some TSUS game balls, some player that stood out or a couple of guys that stood out last night. We'll first start, of course, with running back Marshawn Lloyd. And you look at his numbers here. If I can get them pulled up, if I can find his statistics. Here we go. Uh, 11 carries for 80 net rushing yards. Had a touchdown, 7.3 yards per carry. Also, in the passing game, he had three catches for 11 yards and a touchdown. Just serving guys, like I mentioned, as that focal point of the offense, a big-time weapon for the Gamecocks. The game ball for me? Jalen Brooks, like I just mentioned, big night for him. Had the one deep catch down the sideline, three catches for 61 yards. But he's really becoming that big play guy. He's really becoming a big play guy for you, uh, can make the big play down the field. Maybe he's that deep threat South Carolina's been looking for. And then my final game ball, guys, goes, goes to Sherrod Green. And a dude that has battled so much injury and has dealt with so much adversity Getting the interception, you know, obviously you have no Jordan Strong, you got no Mo Caba, you're going to need Sherrod Green to play big-time snaps and play big-time football. And you just love seeing that big play from him last night, getting the turnover. So Sherrod Green, deservedly so, picking up a game ball for his performance last night. Let's talk slap dick of the night. And, and this one's sort of random, guys. When I was thinking about uh, who the slap dick of the night should be, you know, everybody was pretty well-behaved in regards to game day and and uh, and, and social media and, and, and all that stuff and the actual game itself and the announcers and the broadcast and all that. But my slap dick of the night goes to these people specifically, and I'm not going to name the guy because he's far from the first one. But there is this, there's this funny thing, guys, that happens. Because for all, all of you that don't know, because I, I get asked a lot about – you know, do you go in the games or were you not in the game or did you leave at halftime or what's going on? So I have been in the stadium for two games this season, Georgia State and last night's South Carolina State game. For two games, I have not been in the stadium, the Georgia game and the Charlotte game. The reason, okay, the reason that I did not go into the stadium for the Georgia and the Charlotte games, right? My number one goal my objective of game day is to make content, right? Is to create content from Twitter to Instagram to the halftime updates, all that good stuff. That is my goal. And when I was in the stadium for the Georgia State game, I found myself with no service and was unable to post a halftime update video or really tweet at all. And so I felt like, you know what? I am most effective when I can be uh, you know, outside of the stadium, having good service and being able to create content without any restrictions or, or anything stopping me. But I went into the game last night, but there's this weird thing that happens every single time I go to a game. There are like these, and I'm going to call them these, these seat watchers on social media. Guys, I've sat five rows up from the field on the home side, damn near the 50-yard line. 
I've sat row 10 of the upper deck on the home side. I've sat in the very, very nosebleeds last year's Clemson game, shaking hands with God. And then I've sat where I sat last night in the end zone next to the SC State section, 15 rows up from the playing field in the lower level. But there are people on social media that it does not matter where I sit in the stadium that always comment, man, we got to get you some better seats, man. Man, what are you doing, man? You broke? You broke, boy? TSUS struggling? You can't sit in any better seats? Why aren't you sitting in better seats? It's like, if I'm not sitting in club level in the box, right? Like, my seats are trash. My seats are terrible. Guys, I would venture to say and argue that there's not a bad seat inside Williams-Brice Stadium. And I'm also going to spoil it for you. I get free tickets to basically every single game. Not so humble brag there. So if you want to try to flex on me or shit on my seats or where I'm sitting, I mean, I I, I don't know what to tell you. And again, I, I think that there are plenty of good seats and I don't think you need to sit box or need to sit row this of the 50 yard line exactly to say you have good seats. And I also don't think, and I know it's not a reflection of the business based off where I sit in the stadium. You know, I'm somebody that I don't want to have season tickets in one spot. I like to bounce around. I like the different vantage points. Hey, I love standing in the turnstiles. That's a fun fact. I mean, I love standing in the turnstiles. Before I ever did TSUS, I used to buy tickets, like the cheapest ticket I could find, and I'd just stand in the turnstile because I loved the view, and I thought it was a lot of fun. But you have, again, these seat watchers on social media. Man, them seats are trash, man. When, when you go upgrade and get some good seats, man, man, you obviously broke. TSUS ain't doing worth a damn because you're sitting in terrible seats. It's like, dude, like, where do you want me to sit that is sufficient to your expectations of where the Spurs up show should be in the stadium? Because, I mean, I I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think it's just people talking shit. But the slap dig of the night are the seat watchers on social media. And, and there was one guy specifically that was commenting last night about where I was sitting. And it's just like, bro, like, let me live. Get off my nuts. If you want to join the big cock club, join it. But in the meantime, get off it. That's all I'm saying. Either way, it's all love, my guy, because I know the guy commented. I think he said, love the podcast, but he's far from the only one. The seat watchers, bro, the seat watchers. Like, just let it be. Just let us, if I'm going to go in the stadium, just let me sit wherever, my guy. Because I'm someone, I'm going to tell you this right now, wherever I get the free ticket, that's where I'm going to go. That's where I'm going to sit. So let me just throw that out there. Just want to make that clear. Slap dig of the night. Seat watchers. Don't be a seat watcher. Just let people sit where they want to sit. That's all I'm saying. All right, guys. Let's move into our Cock Commander MVP award. And I'll tell you, speaking of slap dicks and really folks that are real slap dicks, I mean, it's it's become it's gotten to the point. And it's it's so funny because I know these people don't listen to the podcast and they won't hear me say this. I wish they did. I wish they did because I would love to tell all the folks on Facebook that freak out about this cop commander award. I mean, you, you got people, man, really commenting like this is an embarrassment to the university of South Carolina. How dare you put this graphic? I wouldn't want to win the cop commander award. It's like, dude, it is literally an MVP award for a podcast, right? I love it. I love it personally. And the reaction from folks like that, the way people have freaked out over it, it just solidifies that I'm not going to change the name for the entirety of the season. And I cannot wait 
to see folks freak out today and all throughout this weekend when they see there's a second cock commander graphic posted this week alone. It's truly a beautiful thing. So, guys, with that being said, the winner of the Cock Commander MVP award for his performance against the South Carolina State Bulldogs, none other than quarterback Spencer Rattler. I know what you're thinking. You look at his stat line. Chris, I mean, he threw the two picks. 21-27, 212 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions that should not have happened. Should not have happened. Also had five carries, 31 yards, had a touchdown, was very savvy in the pocket, was very aware, showed great composure. And I thought also, guys, showed a lot of composure in the pocket in the sense of I did not see him shuffling his feet. You know, we knew or we figured he would have a clean pocket all night long. You're taking on an undersized South Carolina State defensive line. Your offensive line should be able to have a lot of success and give you time to throw. He was not sacked once. I thought he looked comfortable in the pocket for really the first time all season. He delivered an accurate football. And again, guys, had a very, very tall night. I mean, if those two, if those two passes that were picked, if those are caught, if those are caught, we're talking about a 23 for 27 night for probably 265 yards and maybe even more because those drives wouldn't have stalled. They would have continued. So I think Spencer Rattler. I understand the opponent. I I get it, guys, but I think he needs to be recognized for his play. We've been very harsh, very critical. Thought it was a very efficient night for Spencer Rattler, and for that reason, he is the winner of our Cock Commander MVP award. And no slap dicks on Facebook. That name ain't changing anytime soon. So be sure to go tell your buddies on Facebook. Go tell whoever needs to hear it. The Cock Commander MVP award. It's here to stay, folks. It's here to stay. And you better hope, by the way, I don't find a graphic that fits for something that represents a slap dick. Because if I do, I'm going to start making a slap dick of the weekend graphic, and I'm going to really start hurting some of your feelings badly. Um, (laughs) Anyways, on that note, before we get out of here, guys, let's dive into your listener questions, your voicemails. We do have a couple, and I appreciate you guys uh, being so engaging and quick to get after it after the game. I know you guys did not have a lot of time to leave questions and leave voicemails, so I appreciate uh, those that did. Before we do, guys, it's all brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down the Price Picks app at pricepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players, and you can go up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry, guys. It's literally just you against the projection. Price Picks allows mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on Rattler parlay with the under on LeBron parlay with the over on Mahomes. You can play anything, guys. College sports, NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, whatever you can think of, you can play it. And, of course, we love it for the college sports betting Side of things. Prize Picks also is a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Again, guys, that's our friends at Prize Picks. Go down with the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. And let's break the bookie this football season with our friends over at Prize Picks. That being said, let's go ahead and dive into your questions. We will start with our voicemails. 
Hey, Chris, you know, a win is a win, but at the end of the day, the discipline across the board just is not there. Um, our O-line, they, the whole line can go in one, but then if that one person messes up, then it blows up a whole entire run play. Running backs got to change directions right into a defender, and we can't do that against Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia. I mean, we saw what happened against Georgia when that happened. They blew us off the ball, but against South Carolina State, we have to do better. Our receivers, they got to catch the ball. Spencer had his moments. He threw that ball down the field. He was able to get it there, and our receivers just got to make that. I mean, that's 14 points off the board off interceptions that should have been touchdowns or at least put us into a position to have a touchdown. You know, it, we just have to have an offensive line. we got to have a D-line. we got to have some discipline and just some uniformity across the whole entire line that will be able to just be there for the rest of the offense and the rest of the defense and really push us forward to getting to that next level. But until that happens, until we have that group, I just don't see it happening. As always, go Cops. Hey, listen, I appreciate the voicemail. Love the call, and I think that was a very sobering call, right? Uh, he he left that voicemail, I believe, middle of the fourth quarter. But either way, you know, I, I think that is a very honest view of Gamecocks football. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit different than how some of you are feeling. Or maybe that is how you're feeling deep down or just how you're feeling in general. Because, you know, while the score was fun last night, 50-10, to 10, you know, you can really nitpick and, and look at how some things went last night and – and, uh, you know, again, I'll just say this. We'll see. You know, we we will see how it looks when you go back into SEC play. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time today talking about this is how I feel about Kentucky now and here's my way too early pick for it. But, uh, you know, you're going to have to play better. I, I mean, I don't care what the score said in these two cupcake games. Uh, there were some things certainly that were left to be desired. And, again, you just really hope, like I said, I, I just don't think you're going to know how much of an impact, if any impact, is felt from these games until you play Kentucky. You know, if you come out and the offense looks a lot better, then maybe you can, you know, it, it, it'll get too much of the credit, too much of the blame either way because you're going to say, oh, you know, those two weeks, they really did a lot for us if you play well. And if you don't, it's like, well, those two weeks just meant absolutely nothing, whatever. Um, but listen, I think you make a lot of great points. And, and certainly the one thing I, I most agree with you is uh, to upgrade Carolina football, you got to upgrade the line of scrimmage. And, and that's why they're recruiting it so heavily on the recruiting trail. Let's jump into one final voicemail, and then we'll get your questions. We'll get out of here. Man, I thought we really looked good tonight out there defensively. I love the way we run the ball. I love the way our offensive line stepped up after all the criticism at the beginning of the season. But I'm would really love to see if we could throw it out there, man. I just I want to see Spencer rather let it rip all the underneath nice a win to win yards to yards. But you know I want to see that cannon. I want to see the receiver actually go out there and have to go get it from Spencer Rattler. And I think that's what we're gonna have to do if we want to stand up to a ranked opponent, a top ten opponent like Kentucky or. We're playing Florida in a couple weeks. You know, we're going to – I feel like we need to get that under wraps, being that to trust the receivers to get out there and get it, and Spencer Radler to really let that thing go. Hey, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the voicemail. And, uh, no, listen, I agree with you. I agree with you. You're going to have to throw the football down even more. Uh, you're going to have to throw it downfield, I should say, even more. Um, you know, you, you want to let your your athletes be athletes on the swing passes and let, you know, get it outside. But – 
I, I just I just don't think you're going to swing past anybody to death, man. Swing past that. He's going to have to get get out of that. But I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Um, again, we'll dive into Kentucky next week, but it kind of feels like Satterfield is who he is. It, it, it kind of feels like he he is who he is, and, and it's either going to work or it's not, and hopefully it works, but, you know, only time will tell. So, I, listen, I think you make a lot of great points, and the bottom line is this. To win at Kentucky and to finish this season bowl eligible or better, uh, you're going to have to elevate your level of play. I mean, there's just no question. There's just no question. Uh, here we go. Let's get into these questions. Jay Rowland, 1990, says Stone Blanton and Bam Martin Scott both are better than Sherrod Green. Okay. Um, all right. Well, those are two guys that definitely need to play because we're going to need them. Uh, let's see. TMAC546 says, you're a dumbass. Learn football. TMAC546 Pipe down slap dick is all I really have to say to you. Uh, that's TMAC546 if you'd like to go flood slap dick's comments. Austin G underscore 45, nice bounce back from the D, played consistent all night, still feel weird with the O right now. Yeah, the offense, I think there's still just a lot left to be desired. You know, it, it wasn't the statistical, statistical explosion that we were hoping for last night, but you know, you saw some positives, but it's still just kind of a, it's just kind of a, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, Again, yeah, the defense was great. Gamecock.commander says, what's the problem with the passing game in your opinion? I mean, again, I thought Spencer Rattler was really efficient last night. I just think it's it's a lot of swing passes, man. It's a lot of boring just dump-offs. And, you know, I don't know. Hey, maybe – I don't know. Because I was going to say maybe the receivers aren't as good. But, like, the fact that a Jaheim Bell – like, I, I, it's shocking to me that Jaheim Bell doesn't lead this team in receiving. Like, it's just shocking. It really is. Um. Insto Graham says, not going to lie, that opening interception had me cussing at my TV. I was just like, well, here we go. Um, e. Ridgill 21, I sent a voicemail. Man, I love your show. Hey, E. Ridgill, I appreciate the voicemail. Uh, Mike.Edward07, just hoping momentum carries over and we come out hot against Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest takeaway from these two weeks. Positive momentum, positive energy. Yeah, hopefully you go into the game with all the positive vibes you can muster up. Uh, last question, Mike.Edwards07 again says, Pack the passing game still looks weak. I, I, I think my more so, I'm just like, what does it look like against SEC competition, right? Because it's not like you were able to exactly light up Charlotte and SC State. Maybe you're just not showing the whole playbook, you know, that old adage right there. But um, how, how does it look in SEC play? You know, we'll find out. That's the big question to answer. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the love and support, man, all week long. Another successful week in the books. Daily Crow rocking today as normal, noon to 2. So be sure to tune into that. And, guys, stay tuned, of course, to all the content. Content bleeding out the eyeballs. In regards to the Monday podcast, I will let you guys know. We might just do, like, a Q&A and then do maybe a guest interview or something like that. Just switch it up because, obviously, normally our Monday show – is our recap show, and there is no game to recap or break down. So I'll let you guys know what the deal is. Either way, there will be a podcast on Monday, normal schedule next week. Uh, really, really excited to chat with y'all once again as we get ready to watch the Gamecocks take on Kentucky and get geared up in Kentucky week. But, guys, until then, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.